Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. And welcome back to Guys of a Certain Age. You can tell this isn't Robbie Koblitz. It's Art Shirley there you in go. studio. I was trying to say Shirley in studio at the same time, I guess, <laughs> on the takes that you'll never hear. And I'm in studio with Jay Reed. Jay Reed. Robbie Koblitz again, not with us. This is becoming a pattern. I know. I don't know. Well, I'm, it, the pattern usually, though, is he finds his way back, back in here. I don't, I don't know that he's going to do it this time. I didn't see any sign of life outside. Yeah, he's working on his new venture, which uh, we did an episode in the gelato shop, Dulce. He's moved that and expanded it quite a bit. Yep. Uh, so I'm sure at some point we'll do an update on where that is and maybe another episode. Maybe or, he'll have us for the grand opening. Yeah, maybe so. And maybe we'll be the featured attraction for that. Gelato of a certain age. Gelato of a certain age. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing real well. Okay. Doing just fine. Staying cool enough? Um, it, it, you know, I was seeing the heat advisories today. Yeah. I was disappointed yeah. to see that, but I yeah. plan to pretty much be inside I today. I think we're going to have to replace our upstairs air conditioner. You know, we did some stuff to try mm-hmm. to, try to, and it's just not keeping up. And everything I'm reading, we'll probably have to do some work in the attic to insulate it better and then... Uh, the air conditioner is old enough where I'm, I'm thinking it's probably time to get a new one. So it's like, okay, we've bought this house just in time for everything to break. Right. Pretty so, much. Yeah. Pretty so much. Yeah. I had the same yeah. problem a few weeks ago, just in the, in the hundred degree right. season, mine and, decided to stop. And we didn't acknowledge it. I think last time, maybe we were too scared to actually bring it up, but uh, Jay and I are both uh, national champions along with our Ole Miss Rebels. That's we'll, claim, right. we'll claim to be part of that. We mentioned a couple of episodes back that we were, just starting the College World Series, and I think we had to play Arkansas. Right. And so we were able to go through and beat Oklahoma in two games, and, and now Ole Miss joins uh, Mississippi State, which Robbie's a fan of, mm-hmm. as national champions. They were in 2021, and we're now the national champions for 2022. So And I'm still stunned. I'm but still stunned excited. and find it hard to believe. But, yeah, yeah so we'll uh, – Robbie will probably edit this out. <laughs> but, anyway, we'll do that. So, well, Geeks of the Week, what have you got? Well, it's kind of a two-parter revolving around one person, uh, actor Brett Goldstein, who, who plays Roy Kent on uh, Ted Lasso. Okay, yeah. He's gotcha. The, he's the player, uh, the player to be named later. He is the actor who plays the player, the soccer player, Roy Kent. Right, Roy Kent. Major yeah. factor uh, yeah. in major uh, We won't be quoting character. any of Roy's We will dialogue. not sing his song <laughs> yeah, or anything. Right. We'll just acknowledge he's that. He's here. He's there. He's every. <laughs> Doggone where. Where, yeah, that's better. That's better. <laughs> so in the course of reading something about him, which by the time this airs, everybody will will, will know for sure if this is true or not. But as far as Ted Lasso is concerned, it looks like there will be a third season. It's in production, but it started late. So whereas the previous seasons have been in like July and August of the yeah. past couple of years, it looks like it's going to be towards the end of the year. For season three, and that's probably going to be it. Yeah, uh, I understand they're going to wrap it up. Three season arc, yeah. they're going to wrap it up. Which I think that's okay. I mean, yeah. I think that you tell a story and, and get out while it's still good. Absolutely, yeah. and I'm thankful for it. And then other news involving him is they're speculating that he might play the role of Hercules. Hercules. In the MCU. Oh, okay. So, right, so as we speak, I think Thor, God of Love and Thunder, 
opens well it probably opens late tonight in yeah. some places but yeah. theoretically july 8th which is tomorrow as we record right uh will open and just in reading about this i saw it a week or so ago so probably should have said it then because like i said by the time this airs everybody will know for sure that cares but um he might be just part of like the end credit sequence making an oh, appearance okay. as hercules gotcha. gotcha um not exactly sure you know nothing is 100 percent anyway but they're saying that he's been cast as hercules and probably will show up he will be in good the as Thor hercules. Movie. That's that good. would be yeah. neat yeah. yeah that'd be pretty cool yes. yeah i didn't know if they were doing disney was doing a live action version of the hercules cartoon it's gonna be that's that's an interesting casting <laughs> no, choice mcu mcu, MCU fits of course that's disney too i guess right. really it's, but uh yeah it's okay. all the mouse. But well, are, when do you plan to go see Thor: Love and Thunder? Well, I I don't know. Love and Thunder. Maybe, yeah, Love yeah. and Thunder. Maybe this weekend. Okay. Um, I we are since we are empty nesters now. Yeah, you know, we have a little flexibility, and we have a five dollar movie night here now too. So we do. What night is that? Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. Five I didn't realize change, it was so. five. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, now, we we went and saw a movie that we'll be discussing here in a minute. We saw it, and the air conditioning was not working oh, at no. our Starkville Theater. Yeah, and it got a little warm. I guess it yeah, did. We went and saw the afternoon performance of the show, and uh, and uh, the heat of the was, day. It yes, it was quite warm. So anyway, uh, uh, so what about your? Geek? Uh, mine is television related. The Duffer Brothers, the uh, two brothers that are behind Stranger Things, have. Uh, have a spinoff series coming. I think we may have mentioned that at one point, but they've also got their own production company that they're launching, which is called Upside Down Productions. And let's see, Matt and Ross are the brothers' names. I wanted to look that up real quick. But they're uh, they're launching their own production company. Uh, they're going to do probably some things that are still in the uh, supernatural and horror genre. It seems like their first one of their first project projects is uh, the Talisman by Stephen King and Peter Straub. Okay. And I think I'm pronouncing uh, Straub's name like, cor- correctly. But uh, that's a book that I think has been rumored to be developed forever. And it's not one that I remember reading. I may have to go back and read that now. I've really not read any Stephen King. Yes, horror yeah, I, is just not my genre. I, I, I really like Stephen King a lot, although I do not consider myself ne- necessarily a horror fan. I've read all of his stuff huh. and, and not really a whole lot of anybody else's. Um and and some of it I really like a lot, and some of it it feels like he's kind of rehashing some old ideas that I may have read somewhere else. But for the uh, for the whole, I I like most everything I've read of his. So and I he's recognized have, as a exceptional writer yes, as well. It's yeah. not just churning out pulp fiction. No, he, he writes really well. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I, I maybe should read one. So of So even this even his even his stuff that I don't care for as much as some of the others is still good, still worth reading. So what would he? What would you recommend if I was going to read one Stephen King? Shining, book? Shining is good, and The Stand. Okay, uh, and you said one, but uh, uh, either one of those, I would probably, I would probably go with. Okay, I um, had a chance to see his. Well, I, I, last time we were up in Maine, and my in-laws, when they were on the way to pick us up at the mm-hmm. airport, they stopped by Stephen King's house. Oh, well, that's He's, right. You mentioned I mean, that. I think that's right. That a year yeah. ago, about that's this cool. time. All right. Um, so we we don't have one for Robbie. To do a geek a week from, but uh, anyway, so maybe he'll, I don't know if he'll punch he, one in. He might or pipe in, he might who pipe knows? In, who knows? But anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about Elvis on the other side of the break, and we have, I think, probably our most special guest we've ever had. Certainly somebody that we've mentioned time and time again, and finally have this person on the show. So uh, tune back in here just a second after the break and find out who that is. 
Okay, I didn't tease that we're talking about Elvis because I didn't want anybody to think that that's who our special guest was. <laughs> we found him in a trailer park in Montana. He's still, He's still alive. It is. But we we both recently saw the movie Elvis. I think you saw it probably right after it came out, didn't you? Pretty cl- Well, it was just last week. Okay. It wasn't immediately, okay. but uh, pretty close. And then uh, on your recommendation and that of others, we went and saw it. Because I was, frankly, on the fence about seeing it. I had seen some stuff with Austin Butler and just didn't know if he was going to be right for the role. Mm-hmm. And boy, was I wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you liked it very much. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We liked it. And this is the movie that we saw. And, and even though it was you know, getting to be you know, 70, 80 degrees in the theater, <laughs> oh, gosh. we still really enjoyed it. Very well, very well worth seeing. I think even if you're not an Elvis fan, the movie is good enough that you would so like it. So you were it. kind of in a four-dimensional situation where yeah. Elvis was sweating and you I were sweating. I was experiencing, yeah. It was, it was sweater <laughs> The outdoor right. Louisiana hayride, That's everybody right. was yeah, sweating. It certainly felt like it, yeah. Um, but I thought it was really good, and I think Austin Butler just did a fantastic job as Elvis Presley. And I don't know him. I don't either. I uh, thought I did. I thought he was somebody from Riverdale, and I realized I had that that, oh, okay. uh, that wrong. Uh, he's been in some some TV shows or whatever, but apparently he auditioned. I've, I've seen some uh, scenes of his audition and already had uh, a lot of the feel of Elvis down. Mm-hmm. But he studied for two years uh, the really? way Elvis moved and the way Elvis talked and all that kind of stuff and, and, and I think really nailed the performance. Uh, uh, I, and, and Tom Hanks is great in the role, but you really don't like Colonel Tom Parker no, at all. I don't think we're supposed uh, to. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and I'll tell you, it's a, spoiler alert, it's a very sad story. I mean, you know mm-hmm. the story, you think you know the story. Uh, but you keep wondering, why can't you get out of this situation that you're in? So anyway, I don't know. I understand Priscilla Presley approved of the uh-huh. script and of, of the thing. Uh, but you wonder, you know, what, what, how much of it's true and how much of it is, uh, you know, has been embellished. But I felt like it, they did a good job. What are, what are some things you liked about it? Well, I, I, I want to use the word layering because okay. they're – Especially in the beginning when you see Elvis as, a, I guess, a, a teenager or young yeah. teenager. And just what's going on with him and what's going on in the blues place versus the church. And yeah. All, the, all that's kind of meshed into one. And, you know, because you got Tom Parker starting off talking at the beginning. So it's kind of – then it flashes back and starts yeah. over. The whole thing is kind of told as a memory of Tom Parker. So. Uh, right. Yeah. And – you know, I, I never heard actually Tom Parker speak. Um, I hadn't either. So I, I don't realize. know if that's what he sounded like or not, but surely it was. Surely there's some recording of him speaking, and apparently he's Dutch or Holland or from Holland uh-huh. or whatever. So, you know, he has a, a an accent and, and probably was not Tom, Tom Parker. Which is a whole movie, yeah. sort of element in the movie. Yeah, that's right. Explained a lot of why Elvis didn't tour overseas. Uh-huh. But uh, – but yeah, I thought the the, the thing that he uh, and you had mentioned something about some of the uh, DC and Marvel crossover, and I right. see the DC stuff because he has the Captain Marvel lightning rod. He right. talks about being or Captain Marvel Junior because Captain Marvel Junior was his favorite hero uh-huh. of all, and that's where he got kind of the look for the hair, and then the collar later in the cape came from Captain Marvel Junior. And I guess maybe doesn't the taking care of the TCB logo have a Lightning, uh, on, lightning yeah, on it as that's well. right. Yeah, if you look at the tail of the Lisa Marie and then the chain that uh, the necklace that he wore uh-huh. uh, had a lightning thing, and so that's the TCB logo has that lightning because of of Captain Marvel right. Junior. And he's got it as a kid in the movie. He's got it like hanging around his neck. Yeah, and then but he talks about it later too. Yeah, it has right. That, and, why that was his favorite. And I liked 
what Baz Luhrmann did in his storytelling, he has these, again, to use your term of layering, has these these graphic elements that he'll put in things. Like some of the background story is shown almost as a comic book page. It uh-huh. is a comic book page. Yeah. And so you see that that was cool. And then you'd see like the city names would be in a different typeface or whatever, uh-huh. and, you know, very, very much a graphic element to things. Or they would be, you know, you would have different elements in a collage of images, you know, mm-hmm. so it wasn't just straight ahead movie making and it, it all brought you into I thought the the time or the place very well you know everything that he showed mm-hmm. had a little bit of, of a graphic sense to to kind of enhance that yeah and I think graphic is the, is the good word because it, it it just popped yeah the whole thing it just does. popped yeah, it does. and I wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. um you don't I mean I haven't seen a lot of Elvis movies but mm-hmm. when you're looking at a at a sort of a biopic pick uh-huh. I was kind of thinking there might be more um, not necessarily black and white, but, yeah. but it would just look older. Yeah. But, you know, it was the 50s, and all the the costumes and everything were, were just right. Right. But just really eye-popping yeah. graphics. And I thought he did a good job of breaking the different time periods down. So you had early Elvis, and to me that kind of had a little bit of that grainy, sometimes black and white mm-hmm. feel to it. So you'd yeah. see early Elvis pre-Army. You see mm-hmm. that, and then when he comes back and it becomes and becomes the movie star, and I've seen a bunch of those movies. We we love them. I they're, need to watch terrible, more. terrible yeah. movies, but but they had that bright, overly saturated look to them. You know, they're the the, the movies that he with okay. the, the King Creole and um, uh, the western that he made that he sang "Love Me Tender" and I can't remember the name of that one now. But those were black and white movies. But the rest of them were all that very saturated '60s kind of look, and just you know purely disposable i loved one thing and again spoiler alert you need to go see the movie where they superimposed the face of uh, of austin butler onto a scene from the movie with elvis and it just it had just the right blend so huh. it really really drove home you know made you feel like that was actually him in the movie they did a real good job but that's an actual scene from the movie as opposed to casting other okay. actors it, at least that's the way I, I i i remembered it okay so that was good that was cool and Austin Butler, I noticed at the end, of course, the the the, uh, the music, the songs that were at the end of the credits, yeah. which just went page after page after page after page. Yeah. But he did some of the singing. He did the singing. I don't singing. know how much he did. I, I, but. I understand he did all the young singing, okay. all of the early singing he does. And I think he may uh, change – it may change over, if if not during the movie period – Certainly, once he gets to Vegas, I think most of the Vegas stuff that we see is actual recordings uh, of Elvis, because we've got some really good recordings uh, of Elvis from that uh-huh. time. So, you know, like the uh, Aloha from Hawaii mm-hmm. concert or whatever. I think a lot of that was pulled. Uh, the audio was pulled from that. So, and then of course the closing scene, which when he's is playing piano, which playing piano and singing "Unchained Melody" by the Righteous Brothers, and it starts with Austin Butler cuts away and then it picks up on elvis and uh-huh. you it took me a minute before i went oh my gosh that's actually elvis yeah, singing yeah. that yeah so i think that was probably elvis's vocal throughout okay but uh that was really that was a very powerful scene watch well, sure. a lot of things like the walk the line when uh mm-hmm. joaquin phoenix did all the yeah. singing and reese witherspoon and uh so i figured he must have done some of it yeah. so i specifically stuck around to watch yeah that and to see but it's still fascinating uh and that again the 
you know, we, I, you and I both, I think, told Robbie this, and he still doesn't want to see it because yeah. it's because he's not a big fan of Elvis. But yeah. the movie making, the movie making is great. Element is just, one thing that I was telling somebody about is, you know, they would transition from his song, like if it, his song was the background of a of a certain piece. I'm thinking about when he drove, he got mad and drove down to Bill Street and ended up mm-hmm. ends up hanging out with BB King, which was cool. I, I didn't, didn't realize, realize all they that. Were was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and sees Little Richard for the first time. <laughs> but as he is driving downtown, it starts with his song, and then it transitions into a rap song that used some of his songs uh, yeah. as samples. Uh-huh. And, but it was so seamless, and it fits so well that it took me a minute before I went, oh, my gosh, well, now we're in this rap song, this modern rap song, but it fit. Uh-huh. Yeah, it didn't so. stand out. I mean, I noticed it. Yeah, but it didn't take you out of the movie to me. I think, to me, it just kind of enhanced that experience. Uh-huh. I think what they what they showed with that is – whether you think Elvis is, you know, his music is eternal or, you know, transcends generations, that music itself does. So that the mm. idea of rebellious music that Elvis embodied okay. when he was young, when it's kind of hard for us to right. remember right. How, how controversial he was at mm. first, but that that voice of rebellion, be it rap or rock or whatever it is, is, is kind of a common thread throughout generations. So I thought that was pretty cool. I just re- I really thought the movie making of it was very good. Yeah, I think Robbie still needs to see it. Somehow. I think he does too. I would I would think as a film maker, uh-huh. I think he would enjoy he would it for that. It. Yeah, and and the length was what two and a half hours, two hours forty minutes. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it didn't feel like it. No, no, no. Yeah, I felt and like I think it, what amazes me, of course, this is true with a lot of things mm-hmm. biopically, but I mean to squeeze that much of a I mean, Elvis's story just yeah is perpetual. A lot of stuff they left out, I'm sure. Right, but, but I thought they did a good they did a good job of bringing what they wanted to in the two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I think you'd mentioned an episode or two ago there might be a a four hour cut. Yeah. in the making. Yeah, that's what they and said. I definitely that, would like to. I would see like that. to see that too because I'm, I'd love to see what they left out. And I've seen I, I saw an interview with uh, Priscilla Presley. I actually heard it. Uh, and she was saying that there was some stuff that they had to leave out. So I would like to see what that is. And, you know, there was very little of, I hate to say it, when in his larger years at the mm-hmm. end, um, really just that last song. I mean, he was started to he was starting to show signs of, yeah. of puffiness and stuff right. from the drugs, I think. Yeah. But um, aside from that last song with Unchained Melody, we really didn't see – much of that era, right? And the thing is, I think that was smart because they didn't they didn't ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they alluded to it. They certainly showed us. You know, that was just a few weeks before he died. Right. So we saw what he had become. Uh-huh. But I think so many fixate on that being the image of Elvis that mm-hmm. it was important to go back and see. And again, to me, the younger part of it was even was really fascinating because I've seen some of that, but I didn't realize. Or I, I don't appreciate just how, you know, uh, controversial. I'll say again, mm-hmm. uh, he was, and how what a what a an effect he had, you know, initially. As much as I appreciate his music and, mm-hmm. and what he's done, you know, just uh, to to realize, and he just, you know, he was lightning in a bottle. I mean, he used that as his logo, but he certainly was lightning in a bottle. He was there at the right place at the right time, and. No matter how you feel about Tom Parker, I think that was all part of what had to happen for him to break through. I don't know mm-hmm. that anybody else could have had that happen. Right. So we'll see. And you know, down the road, maybe. Yeah, he should have. Wish he'd. I wish the guys that did the '68 comeback special, which was a phenomenal part uh-huh. of the movie, I wish they had taken over his career at that point. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, 
That's yeah. not what happened. And I guess part of me, I mean, I, I'm, I remember those last years. Yeah. yeah. Those, that's the Elvis that I knew. Yeah. As little as I knew, but, but yeah. know, anytime he would have a special or something yeah. on TV, you know, that was the yeah. Elvis that we saw. And, and I see, saw my dad always did an Elvis impersonation because he knew it bugged us. I mean, he would just, it was very much a parody stuff, but he would do Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. Uh-huh. And usually liked to do it in front of the TV when we were trying to watch something. He would walk in and do it. <laughs> and of course, it's irritated us to death, but, you know, we loved it at the same time. So that's part of the memory for it for us. But for me, my, my, uh, biggest memory of Elvis is all those terrible movies and we watched them you know they used to mm-hmm. come on CBS Friday night movies and harem scare them and you know uh, <laughs> spin out all those kind of things we we'd love those things we watched them but they were terrible <laughs> movies you know anyway we almost forgot we have a very special guest or I almost forgot I could tell you probably would do this uh, tell us who our special guest is and why this person is here our special guest is someone mentioned on a, almost every podcast in fact George Abad even our podcast is, yeah. uh, would, <laughs> not every podcast not every, well, every guy's a soon to come podcast. on every podcast uh, we're always yeah, apologizing even George, even George <laughs> to Mrs. Reed who is my mother and who grew up in North Mississippi yeah. and uh, has been to an Elvis concert and has some stories. So I'm going to go and talk to her, interview her, and see what her thoughts on the movie are and how it compares to the real life that she lived. While I he can't was... wait to hear this. This is going to be awesome. Now, what time period did she see him? Well, if I, I looked it up, the September 56 okay. was the Tupelo concert that he did. Okay. And I'm, I'm, we'll confirm this later in the interview, but pretty sure she was at that concert. Okay. And she would have been about 12, 13, I think. So, so, that, so she was... In that teenage girl mode. That's awesome. At his early, you know, as he was really getting out there and getting famous, you know, when he was still controversial. All right. Okay. Well, so here comes Jay and Mrs. Reed. So welcome back to the, I guess, the third segment of this Guys of a Certain Age special podcast. Today we have a special guest, someone who is known to all of our listeners, at least by um, the sorry Mrs. Reed comment that pretty much everybody has adopted, including our uh, regular guest, George Abad. So Jenny Reed is my mother, and uh, she's the one we're always apologizing to. And I'm sitting here with her because we're talking about Elvis. So the movie, we'll start with the movie. Um, okay. We went to see it the other night, and I think we both enjoyed it. But what was your overall feeling about the movie? My overall feeling about the movie was that I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about Colonel Tom Parker that I really was not aware of. I knew he was the leading force in making Elvis a star, but I didn't realize to what extent. So did you feel like, based on your growing up with Elvis, more or less, did you feel like it was pretty accurate based on what you knew? Yes, I did. So let's let's go back to that. So you were—I uh, don't want to like get into age and all that, but basically, okay. how much older was Elvis than you? Do you know that right off? Uh, not off the top of my head. Uh, ten years at least. Okay, so you grew up in Belmont, Mississippi, which, as you said a minute ago off mic, was what forty-five minutes 45 drive. Forty-five minutes from Tupelo. It's like twenty minutes now on the yeah. four lane, but but back then forty-five minutes. And one of Elvis's bodyguards was from there. So tell us about him and your connection there. 
Okay, we had a highway patrolman that lived in Belmont who was known as Big Jack. His name was Big Jack Anderson. And the first time, I think, that Elvis came back and was in Tupelo for a concert, Big Jack was one of his bodyguards. I think you actually so, showed me a picture of him. Yes, last I found night. it on yeah. the internet where he's standing behind Elvis. Yeah, one of the famous. I mean, I, I came across that same picture multiple times. It's Elvis standing there. His mom's on one side. His, his dad. dad's on the yeah. other. Well, actually, her mom. His mom is cut out of oh, that okay. picture that, that you showed me. And so, and then Big Jack is the guy with the with the highway patrolman hat right. standing right. behind him. So Big Jack was at that concert, as were you. Yes. So that was September the 26th, 1956. You were 12 years old. Yes. And your mother, my, my granny, <laughs> yeah. and uh, your sister, and who else was with you? Okay. Kathy had two friends with her. Wanda Kathy's Tucker. the sister. Kathy's my sister. She had Wanda Tucker and Teresa Woods with her. I had Carolyn Woods and Marilyn Yarber friends with me. Okay. And then granny was there. And granny took uh, us. The chaperone. So... Um, who also liked Elvis, but okay, yeah, she she so she wasn't turned off by the by the movement and all like no, some no, no. some parents were. No. Okay, that's good to know, I guess. Um, so Big Jack, because he was a bodyguard, was going to give you or actually give Kathy an opportunity. So tell us about that. Okay, Kathy and her two friends had bought, as she put it, cheap jackets. At Yarber's store, and they were gonna. They had a yellow streak down the sleeve, and they were gonna get uh, Elvis to sign the yellow streak because Big Jack was gonna take them backstage. Just as he was ready to take them backstage, the music came on that Elvis had to go out. So they missed their prime opportunity. They missed that opportunity, and I think we <laughs> we, we won't tell the story here. But another one of your friends apparently had an opportunity to go out with Elvis as well to meet him. And, and it just seems like there's a lot of missed, missed opportunity uh, in the Elvis <laughs> story. So um, I'm going to come back to the concert, but in, well, let's, let's, let's go to the concert now. So you were 12, you went to this concert. What do you remember about it? Was it like chaos? Like it kind of looks like, like this was Elvis's first time to come back to Tupelo. Right. And he said that he had been escorted out of the fairgrounds many times, but this is the first time he had ever been escorted in. And for some reason, my very best memory, I guess you could say, was the shirts, the shirt, actually, that he had on. He told us that he had the one he had on when I saw him was blue velvet. He said he had a blue one and a red one that Natalie Wood had given him. And that picture that Tupelo uses for advertisement on almost every corner where he's leaning over the stage, pointing at the audience, uh, he has the blue velvet shirt on. Okay. So well, <clears throat> there was a lot of, I guess, girls screaming and such as that. How, okay. close, how close were you to the stage? We weren't very close okay. to the stage. <laughs> Uh, a friend of yours said that she was right on the front row, though. Yeah, yeah. Somebody actually saw yesterday, so yeah. that's, that was crazy. Um, so <clears throat> screaming, screaming, yeah. screaming on the front row, right? So we need to <clears throat> we need to find pictures of that. But um, so you got you went to the concert. You didn't ever go to any other concerts. Though. No, no, that was your one thing. But did you see like on TV? Did you make sure if like the Vegas and the the Hawaii and all the concerts that he did later, the comeback special? Did you like make sure that you were around the TV to see that? Yes, yes. So, I loved his specials. Right. And I remember just growing up un, under your care that uh, 
pretty much, I mean, Elvis was very much a part of, of our life growing up just because you were such a big fan. And, you know, it was always, I mean, I don't, and my sister listen. was. Yeah, we didn't listen to music a lot, but Elvis was very much on our radar. Um, so I want to go back to Belmont, though. Y'all had the theater in town. Your family had the theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe you told me off mic that most of the movies that he was in came after y'all sold the theater. But there was one movie that you saw, which was? Love Me Tender, which was his first one. The first one. Okay. So, in, in what uh, what sort of mischief, what sort of uh, vandalism did you convince your father to commit uh, with that movie? I convinced my father to cut a little clip of the film. Which I just which, saw. I can yes. testify. There's about, what, about six frames. Yeah. And who knows if it's in the beginning, in the middle, or whatever. Uh, that would be interesting to see. But he actually cut about six frames out of the movie. I suppose before he sent it back. Yes, yes. So in him being a movie person in that day, he would have known probably what to cut that would, right. wouldn't have affected the, the playing in the movie mm. for the next person that got it. But in any case, that's fascinating. So you have some other mementos too. So I, I didn't even realize you had all that you had. So what else do you have that's Elvis related? Well, my aunt Inez lived in Memphis and she got most of this for me. She got his autograph for me. Which I didn't, I, I'm sure I've seen that, but I didn't realize you had that. <clears throat> it's just on a piece of scrap notebook paper. Then the things that I picked up when she took me there, we didn't go inside the gate, but I have a couple of rocks out of the drive in front of the gate, a little twig off one of the trees where the limb was hanging over the fence, and uh, some dust off his black Cadillac on a piece of tissue paper. Probably a Kleenex. I don't know. Okay, so you've got all that. Let's see. There was something else I was thinking. You've got a billfold. That's just like a souvenir, yeah, kind of an Elvis billfold, uh, and the fan club card. Fan club card, which does not have a date on it. I, I'm, I couldn't believe that when I started investigating. It. Where did the fan club get you? Anything besides the no. card? <laughs> just you were just part of it. Proved I was an Elvis fan. There you go. So what other? Um, so, yeah, and I wanted to say, too, Aunt Inez, uh, apparently they went pretty regularly on Sunday. That's what my cousin said. Just to hang out and see if they could see Elvis and did see him a few times. I actually right. saw him enough, close up enough once to get you the get autograph. The autograph, yeah. So, uh, so they actually met him. Um, so what other milestones, in, in his career, what other milestones t- kind of do you remember? Well, when he went to the Army and, you know, seeing the – Video of him getting all his hair cut off. You know, that was kind of traumatic. And in the movie, they acted like it was the army or jail because of his lewd behavior. Do you remember that? I do not remember that. So that was a new fact. I think we discussed that after the movie, but I don't remember anything about the jail, except when he was on the Ed Sullivan show, this has nothing to do with jail, but they could only show him from the waist up. Mm Mm-hmm. The yeah. first time he was first home. time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Later, it didn't really matter. So, any other milestones? You well, when he that? got back in the the comeback uh, concert, mm-hmm. where he sits around and chats and sings, kind of in the round, in the round, yeah. And then the that was way before MTV unplugged. Exactly, basically the same thing. Exactly. So. That milestone, and then of course when he had Lisa Marie, that mm-hmm. was a milestone to all of us. Elvis has a baby, uh, 
So, you know, I've kind of kept up with what went on through okay. the years, but so do having you, my own babies. In, in yeah. <laughs> so what um, you can kind of look at Elvis, you know, the younger years, the beginning, which you were right in the thick of, and then um, I guess the comeback years, and then the later years when, you know, the movie shows, we all know he had drug problems and all kinds of stuff and kind of puffed up a little bit. And um, so what was your favorite era? My favorite era was the younger years. And then when he first got back from the army and whatever year the Hawaii special came out, that was one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, I was, of course he disappointed me in later years when he, with the drugs and stuff. But, um, People sometimes forget that, from what I've read, he was a very giving person, mm-hmm. even though he went through all that stuff that he shouldn't have. But he would, you know, like rent a whole theater and take his buddies to see a movie or rent the whole skating rink and, mm-hmm. or give somebody a Cadillac. You know, he was... I think that's what I sort of remember is at least the story of he how he said I would I'll give my mom a Cadillac and all that and he really did give people Cadillacs right. throughout the years because I guess really I mean he died what was the year he died eighty I should have looked this up I should have to <laughs> that's okay we're we're a guy of a certain age happened. we don't preparing on this podcast is is secondary. Um, but I do remember that that's kind of my story of, of Elvis. Um, we were on vacation in Dauphin Island, Alabama, which was our family vacation spot, staying at the Holiday Inn. And uh, you and Daddy had gone across the street, I believe, to, to get something. And Rusty and I were watching TV, and they announced that Elvis had died. And so when you came back, I told you, and you were like, no, he didn't. I mean, you, you didn't believe it at first, I guess, until you saw it for, for yourself on the news. I think y'all met us outside the motel. Cause that's, we may have, that's because we knew memory. how traumatic it would be yeah. <laughs> for you. So I, I, in my memory, we're standing outside uh, outside the motel. And well, that, may, me. that may very well be. All right. Well, we've taken him taken from the, the first concert till, uh, till his death. Is there anything else that you... A story that, that you need to tell about Elvis that you just need to get off your chest? Well. <laughs> <laughs> what have I forgotten to ask Not you? really about the, the pictures. Should I tell that one? The pictures? That I kept on the wall. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, my parents always had visiting preachers when we had a revival uh, in Belmont. They always had the preacher over to eat. And so my sister and I had Elvis plastered all over our bedroom. And we were having a revival, and our mother had us take our Elvis pictures off the wall, you know, just in case the preacher looked inside our bedroom. <laughs> so, even though she liked him, <laughs> so it's a crazy memory. Kept company. All right. Well, I really appreciate you uh, doing this. I know we've talked about interviews before, and you've been a little hesitant. So, I guess it, it took Elvis. <laughs> yeah. To draw Mrs. Reed out of hibernation. Sorry, Robbie and Art. (laughs) And with that, we'll say goodbye. Join us, rate us, review us, all the things. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.